Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of Jizz Talking for a Sunday. We are here with Dick Dangle. Dick, how are we doing today? I am doing extremely well. Thank you for the invite, my friend. How many people said, is Dick a porn star? <laughs> uh, not as many as I would hope, but we're getting there. <laughs> <laughs> That's the kind of the key is, as I met you at uh, Chicago Exotica and, uh, what a um, what a, a huge huge turnout that was! I I could I I can't imagine I even found you. It was so exhausting, and we ended up meeting. Luckily, I was heading out of the show on Sunday, and uh, one of the um, Gigi Dior uh, had was looking for me and I heard that she was looking and like she's over there. So I managed to see her and then see you as well. So it worked out very well, but yeah, Chicago was insane. I just can't. I mean, and, and they didn't have some of their, I don't want to discount anybody, but they didn't have their, their heavy hitters either. I mean, it was that, that, that Brazzers booth hadn't come along. And I know that Brazzers going to be in New Jersey uh, coming up in a couple of weeks, but, uh, they didn't have them, and a couple other people weren't there. But uh, tell you what, we had eleven gals in our booth. That was kind of a circus for a while. Yeah, for sure. It. What was really crazy uh, for those who've never been to Exotica Chicago, if if you leave the convention center a certain way, you take a catwalk over to a section of hotels on the other side of the street, and that is also where the parking garage for the convention center is located. And there was a line, it had to be a hundred yards long snaking through that catwalk. So people could pay for their parking to get out of that garage. It was unreal. Wow. And I did hear that, uh, the line was just incredible outside as well too, to get in. I got in, I always go in, you know, since we had a booth went in about uh, five o'clock that Friday night, about an hour early, just to make sure everything's finally set up. And if any of the girls get there early, that's good too. Nikki Huntsman, always there early, stays late. And uh, that's uh, that's good on her. Yeah. Oh, I adore her. Yeah, she is a sweetheart. Let's talk a little bit about, uh, since you're not a porn star, let's talk about what you do and, and how long you've done it. Oh, my goodness. Uh, I started going to conventions as a fan in 2008. I went to AVN. It was a bucket list thing. Uh, accidentally ended up walking the red carpet to go to the award show. Um, I got myself a ticket. I figured I would just go to see what it was all about. And when I asked security, how do I get into the show? Because I was dressed nicely. They said, well, just go that way. And I had walked probably about 50 feet before I realized, oh, this is the red carpet. And there were so many photographers that were taking pictures of me that looked at each other like, who the hell is this guy? But it was a, a fun way to kind of get introduced to it. And I started doing uh, the conventions with friends. I started my podcast in 2014, but I didn't start doing interviews until about 2016. And that's when I started to introduce myself as Dick Dangle uh, to all of the people that kind of already knew me uh, as just a fan. And it really kind of took off from there. And your podcast is called what? It is called Dangling After Dark with Dick Dangle. Uh, it's on Spotify and iHeart and just about everywhere. And I'm closing in on 500 episodes wow 
That's just amazing. And it's a lot of time. <laughs> and I, I just now, now I, I only work on porn on Sundays because mm. if I did this and I did that, I'd be taking up time away from my real, real job. Yeah. And so it's just like, uh, Sundays are porno Sundays and that's just what I do. Yeah. I like that. That's a good plan. Yeah. Cause otherwise you get a little here, then you get a little there then you, uh, you know, then, then shit starts to slide and it's a mess. Oh, I, I was doing because I had so many interviews and so much content in the can, as they say, that I was putting out two episodes a week and it kind of stayed that way for quite a while. And it, it was, it was so much time I was dedicating to it that, uh, it became difficult. So I think I'm probably going to bump back down to one episode a week once uh, I get past 500, but who knows? I mean, if the interviews keep coming, I'll keep putting them out right now. Are you getting your interviews in person or on the phone or through zoom or how do you do that? It's a little bit of all of it. Uh, I do club interviews out of Rick's cabaret in downtown Pittsburgh. So when the features come in, I interview them at the club and then I stay and watch a show and for many of them I've known forever. And if we have a good enough rapport, they'll actually come to the home studio. We'll go get dinner. We sit, we record and just kind of relax and have a good time. I get them at conventions. Of course, I do a lot over either zoom or Skype, depending on uh, what the people are comfortable with. So it's a little bit of everything. Okay. Sounds good. That's excellent. I know that, uh, I went to, I turned 50 in, uh, uh, 2014. Mm-hmm. And, um, my wife says, do you have a bucket list? And I said, no, I said, I've never been ice fishing. Uh, I'd like to go ice fishing sometime. And so anyway, she says, okay, anything else? I said, I've never been to a, a college football tailgate party. Oof. Okay. Like Iowa, Iowa state, something like that. Oh, anything else? I said, and I've never been to the porn Oscars. Right. Oh, so anyway, she says, well, I'll, I'll do that. So anyway, we went, we never went to the award show because uh, by day four, we were just sacked. I mean, it was tough. And uh, I mean, the first day you're there, it's like, there's a big set of tits. There's a big set of tits. And then the last day it's like, oh, there's another big set of tits. No. <laughs> you're was, not wrong. Yeah. She was so, and let me find the picture real quick. She was so, like I said, we were both just over it by day, th- the third day mm-hmm. that it just, you know, it was just kind of overwhelming at first. And then it was just like, not overwhelming anymore. Uh, let's see if I can find a picture of uh, my wife. Um, of course I should have prepared for this, but she, you know, it, it was just amazing. You just, you know, the first time you're there and, and that in 2015, when we went mm-hmm. uh, there, I think they said it was 25,000 people through the door. Oh, I'm sure. And I was just like, Whoa. You know, yeah. I went just for one day I went on. Cause in the earlier days, the convention for AVN was Thursday through Sunday, but the award show was Saturday night. Sunday was super lean with talent because people were out partying because they won or just hanging out with friends. And then they ended up moving it Wednesday to Saturday and having the show Saturday night. So we just, I went with my best friend and we just went Saturday and 2008 for those who haven't followed the industry for that long. That's when the pirating 
of content and the tube sites really took off and it started kind of the downturn of conventions and what they were offering because you used to be able to walk out of there with a garbage bag worth of giveaways and DVDs and stuff like that. And you just don't see that that much anymore. But even within that convention, I got picked by a Toronto uh, newspaper that was just doing short little segments for their online store. And they said, so what do you think of this? I said, I'm not going to lie. This is really overwhelming because it's a lot of music and it's very high energy and just all the talent and all the beauty. It's, it was very overwhelming, but now, you know, it's uh breasts or old hat. I seen a million of them. Not yeah, really. So, That's so not this is, this is my wife on Saturday morning or Saturday, like around one o'clock and she meets um, James Dean and so she posts this picture on her, her Facebook page. And I said, um, finally, someone pointed out, um, that's James Dean's dick in the back. Did you notice that? <laughs> no. I mean, that's how. how uh, <laughs> Oops. <laughs> Oops. We were just so, like, numb to it that uh, it really didn't matter. So, anyway, but uh, great that uh, they picked you up on that. Hey, let's go to Lorenzo. Lorenzo, how are we doing tonight? <laughs> Good, good. Just having a ball, yeah? Good. Question for you. Yeah. yeah, I wanted to ask, with all the interviews that you've done and the numbers, is there someone that you won't interview? Ooh, interesting question. Uh, typically not, because the way I do my interviews, it's not – I like to say I'm a little bit different than most of the people that do interviews – I get tired of the hack questions, you know, the, Oh, how many people have you slept with? What's the biggest penis? You know, it stuff like that is, is boring. That's stuff you could find online that those are questions other people have asked. So the way I do interviews, it pulls out more of the people's personalities and who they are away from the industry. So when they realize that I'm doing interviews a little bit differently, you can actually listen for it. They kind of soften. And, and they relax and they kind of become themselves. So within that, they don't feel the need to put on that persona and it allows them to just kind of be themselves. I've never had anyone where I went, I won't interview them. If I thought there may be an issue, be there, you know, whether it's ideology or anything like that, I'll kind of work around it. You know, if I have to ask about it because there's something interesting in it, then I will, but I'll try to do it the best way I can. But for, for the most part, I have always been a person that loves to get to know people and okay. I'm more than happy to get to know you because even if I have preconceived notions about who you are, just from other people telling me who you are, if I have this opportunity, I'm going to see if they were wrong. I'm going to see if I could pull something out of you where I go, that's what I want. That's who I want to see. That's the positive in this. But right. I would say um, through, let's say, inebriation, uh, I have done two or three interviews where after the interview was over, I was thinking to myself, I cannot release this in good faith. So I will approach them afterwards and say, listen, if you remember the interview we did, here's what happened. Here's how I feel about it. I'm not going to release this. And maybe we can do something else down the road. And a couple of them, because of that, became 
amazing friends because they know that I have their best interests at heart. Yeah, that's that's what I was getting at. You'll be at uh, Exotica Jersey this year. Absolutely. Uh, maybe me and my uh, other half can get a get a hold of you, try to get an interview with you. Yeah, absolutely. Be more than happy to. I, I, as much as I love getting to know people and interviewing them, I'm more than happy to blather on and talk to people. Alrighty. And you're one of the strange ones because I've asked uh, TT Boy to do the show. No, I've asked uh, uh, the gal. Um, God damn, help me out. Uh, her mom used to take all the pictures. Uh, I can't remember. Um, she's got Holly Randall. Yeah, Holly Randall. Oh. I'm, busy. I'm busy on Sundays. I'm not interested. You know, it's like, well, those people are, you know, interviewers. And it's just like, geez, pulling teeth. Right now, what I'm looking for, I'm, I'm, uh, I do a little feature for James Bartolet uh, called Patrick Presents. I'm looking for adult stars who have YouTube channels. And I want to interview them about that. And Because Holly Randall just hit 250,000 subscribers on her uh, YouTube channel. I get, I get it. I don't even have a thousand yet, so I'm small potatoes compared to some, but um, I do appreciate the ones who do uh, interview. When when you leave an interview and they say how much fun they had, that's mm -hmm. a key. And again, we're the same way. Yeah. Give a shit out what the biggest dick you've had, how many men you've been with, or how many women you've been with. That's just dumb. Yeah, I, I enjoy people when they go either, man, that was a lot of fun. I did not expect that. Or during the interview, they go, oh, that's a great question. That's what I live for. Those are the moments where you go, okay, now I have your attention. Now I'm getting to who you are as a person. Yeah. Um, as far as our show here, I, I think that the, and, and you, it's tough to say because you, you have different viewpoints, but, you know, I was so looking forward to um, interviewing uh, Lisa Sparks mm. and you know, because obviously she's got the world gangbang record. Right. And then she didn't want to talk about it. Oh, okay. Well, how do you weave around that? I mean, um, yeah, you know, it's like, it'd be like interviewing John Holmes, not talking about the size of his dick. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, it could be something where if you show genuine interest in what she is away from that maybe a second interview happens and you could ask a little bit more about it because she realizes it's going to be more professional you know right. it's not gonna be like so dick number 507 you know <laughs> but, but she autographed the picture she autographed for me uh said that she says uh hey pat wish you would have been 920. <laughs> i like that yeah. now, question for you have you ever had somebody not autograph a picture that you had of them? Yes. Um, you don't have Eden, to name drop. Oh, I will. Eden Blair. Oh, um, okay. I, I printed off. She had on her Twitter page a real nice picture of her in a swimsuit in an old-timey car, like a 1945 Studebaker, whatever. <clears throat> and I, I gave it to her, and, and uh, <clears throat> where'd you get this? Twitter. Oh, this isn't your property. Why well, is this kind of public domain kind of since you kind of like posted it? And she, we had a little disagreement and we come to a term that since it was for my personal use, I said, this is the only one I got. I said, I'm not selling these. I'm not doing anything with these. I'm just, this is just you. Then she signed it for 20 bucks. Right. But that, and, and other people run into that with her. So any, anytime I, 
uh, Eden comes up, I just say, Hey, buy the picture from her. You know, don't, don't go through what I went through. And it wasn't the world's biggest hassle, but yeah. I didn't want it to be the world's biggest hassle either. Yeah. And then we later had, and then, but we're good now. I see her at conventions and we're, we're good and she's, yeah. she's good. So, but, um, she just felt that that was her property and okay. So, but, uh, and Veronica Hart now will not sign anything where there's a penis going in any orifice. Oh, okay. Interesting. So, and, and she also will charge twice as much to sign a picture. If there's someone else living in the picture with her, it's okay. so like, if it's a picture of her and Seika, it's going to be $40, please. Interesting. Instead of 20. Yeah. I, I had someone, I mean, this is back 2010. Uh, I want to say the company was anabolic and they had a calendar and it was an extremely graphic, aggressive calendar. And there was someone that was in there. I was like, could you sign this? And they had never seen the calendar. And when they saw it and they opened up the picture, they were like, I, I, I don't want to sign this. <laughs> and I'm like, I totally get it. That is fine. I'm someone, I don't tend to get the really graphic pictures or DVD covers signed because just that's not my personality unless that is literally the only thing I could find of them. Yeah. I do have a penny packs that uh, <laughs> just cannot be shown. I, I got blocked uh, from Facebook for three days because I sent it as a Facebook message to somebody that's how bad it was <laughs> that's impressive that and, I'm and i'm working with penny packs to have her on the show so i'm hoping by sometime around end of the year first of the year i get penny packs on there she is a sweetheart oh i i've met her a number of times and she's yeah. been amazing the entire yeah. time adam is with us adam go ahead hey thanks for having me on patrick and thanks for being on the show i had a quick question First of all, I want to say I've been following your podcast for, for quite a while. And what I like about the podcast is what you described before. It's different than, quite frankly, so many of the other ones that have come and gone, where there just really isn't a lot of insight. It's the same stuff that you hear on other podcasts. So that's why I've enjoyed your, your podca podcast. Do I call you Dick or Mr. Dangle or what do you prefer? <laughs> Dick is fine. Okay. Uh, so... Uh, what do you find is the biggest challenge right now in podcasting? Ooh, okay. That's a great question. See how that works? Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank, first off, thank you very much for listening to the show and, and being a follower. That, that Hearing that motivates me and, and means the world to me. And, and one of the most difficult things in podcasting is not being hack not being a shtick because what i tell people who are looking to make money at podcasting i said well you got to have one of three things either have to be famous already in probably another field you have to be extremely attractive and you need a shtick but the shtick doesn't work long term unless you have one of the first two so it is difficult to make money podcasting but the other one is truly building a reputation. The, the audience comes pretty quickly once you establish it, but it is having the industry that you are talking about take you seriously, but still have fun with you. I can come up with questions to ask people 
pretty easily because that's just how I would like to have a conversation with someone. So that's not a big deal. But beyond that, it is, okay, how do we keep this machine running forward? Is there a way to inject a little bit of income into this and be taken seriously? I won't lie. I'm not a big fan of affiliate programs because if you don't make any money from who you are quote unquote advertising for as an affiliate, they're still getting advertising. And I think it's kind of a backwards concept podcast. Once there was kind of this flood of podcasts and it kind of became oversaturated, everyone was just like, well, I just want ad space. I want to seem legitimate and have someone that has a name have any type of ad on my show. So instead of the podcasters as a group saying, okay, let's hold strong and tell people this is how much we charge as a base beyond the affiliation. And the other one's like, well, no, I just want to seem legitimate. So I'm not going to charge anything and I'll take whatever you give from an affiliation. So they went, well, why would I pay you when I can get it for free? So they cut podcast kind of shot themselves in the foot with that, but it, it all comes with time. Podcasting is a passion project and it's long game. I will not lie to anyone. I, I make like 15 bucks a month on this podcast <laughs> because I just want to be able to be creative and have fun. And if there are advertisers that want to come in and advertise on the show, fantastic. If we can come to an agreement, but that's not necessity for me. Now, do you find that you prefer to have your questions all pre-laid out in advance or do you, and this is my personal preference. I like somebody who listens to the guests and responds in kind uh do you do you like that approach better it is actually both so if i go to a club and do an interview like uh, i just did one at rick's cabaret last night with competitive feature dancer bambi wild and i will print out a bunch of questions but it's not enough where she gives me an interesting answer i can't expand on it and that's the key. You do want to listen. I see that a lot when I go to conventions. They have their structure. They it may even be a little nervous and new to the game. So they ask a question, they get an answer. They ask a question, get an answer. And it doesn't feel natural. And you can kind of see it or hear it uh, when you're uh, listening to the interview. So when I have the opportunity and they give me a cool answer, if I can either make a little joke or say, oh, that's interesting you said that. Here's a thought. It it does make it seem a lot more fluid as a conversation. Okay, that makes sense. One quick, one more quick question. What is your favorite guest you've had of all time? Uh, that, see, that's putting me on the spot. <laughs> Come on. Okay, uh, just pick a recent one that you would, pick one that you would recommend to a new listener. Uh, a very... Someone who's become a very close friend of mine, uh, I adore her, uh, would be Kenna James. Uh, she is as sweet as they come in the industry, and we've gotten to know each other over seven years, if I had to take a guess. And she is someone that comes in studio, and luckily, 
she is feature dancing. So she usually comes into Pittsburgh once a year, maybe twice. And we have the opportunity to hang out and get a bite to eat and record some stuff and go around Pittsburgh a little bit and, you know, allow her to take some pictures around town and, you know, be able to post pictures on her social media. She is definitely one. Uh, Jennifer White is amazing. I mean, there's, there's so many, there's so many people. Uh, she is a, a girl, girl performer, but she's mainly competitive feature dancer is Angela Summers. Uh, just, I was actually texting with her earlier today. Just amazing. I can honestly say in my entire time of meeting adult performers, I can count and, and realize we're talking seven, 800 probably at this point. I've interviewed probably 300. I can count on one hand the amount of people that I met and went, okay, I don't need to see them again. And it's nothing against them. They may have something going on. You know, I, I don't judge, but it's just one of those. All right, that's fine. And that's impressive that you could have that larger population of people within an industry that get it when it comes to how to interact with fans. Yeah, but adult is really great in that respect. Well, thank you, Dick, and thank you as always, Patrick. You bet. Good to have you along. Glad we got the microphone issue fixed. That was, I don't know if you heard back a couple weeks ago, I had a real crackly thing. I'm glad you got that all. Uh, actually, it was a computer problem on my part, and I took care of it. <laughs> oh, my God. Just went out and bought a brand new one, I bet. Uh, something like that, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thanks, Adam. But uh, I, I think that that's true, that uh, there's probably uh, a handful I would never ask um uh anyway i know that um when i first got into things bill margold shot me around and, and uh uh introduced me to a lot of people and i uh, told me gave me a list of people that you probably won't ever want to deal with them because they're just nasty and and so i just kind of um uh assume that and and i know one of the guys that did that bill died um and i hadn't blocked the guy yet I don't, I, I probably blocked him by now, but anyway, he says, Hey, I know I never got along with your friend, Bill, but, uh, I, I'm really sorry for your loss. And if you don't lose some fucking weight, you're going to end up just like him. That was all, that was fucking nice. You know? Wow. That took a turn. Yeah, that did. And, uh, um, another one, um, and I'll say this guy's name. Well, I, I can't remember the damn thing. Uh, he did a parody with uh, the Elvis parody. Axel Braun's Elvis parody. Oh, okay. Okay. Anyway, um, he, I must've been too liberal or something for him in a post. And he snagged me a couple times on that. I let it go. Well then, um, I don't, I'm a, I'm a big Elvis fan here. Elvis had the Aloha concert. Mm -hmm. uh, anyway, around the world, a billion people saw it, but it wasn't aired live in the United States. <laughs> Because it was Super Bowl Sunday, and I said even Elvis wasn't bigger than the Super Bowl. Right. <laughs> so it was aired in April. Fuck you. You know, I just like, I'm done. Yeah. Dick, it, his name was Dick, I think. It's, I, everything when it comes to, especially social media, is just pure clickbait. And you could tell there are people, they're just fishing to get on your last nerve and do it. And there are a lot of times where, you know, maybe something will happen within the industry where something is brought to light about somebody's negative behavior. And 
it just there's an attack and it proliferates out and people are looking for heads and they want people to be held accountable and they want people to pick a side you can keep it yeah if you know me you don't even have to ask so i'd stay away from all of it 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 means nothing to me i'll mute them block them whatever but it's not it's not worth my time it's not it's not the energy i am choosing to put out and if if there's a rub that I have with somebody, I'll be the bigger person and take responsibility for it. Uh, case in point was we had a a guest that was going to be on here, and um, uh, not not famous big time at all. Uh, but anyway, she was a guest, and I wanted to give her a little you know spotlight. And she had an agent, and so the agent lined up. Well, she's going to be on this weekend. I said, great. Well, then I saw her posting that she was going to be in Vegas and taking collabs and and all sorts of stuff as well. As long as you can work in my show, that'd be great. Right. I'm not booked with you. And then the agent hopped on and said, she's not booked with you. And so I did a screenshot of them booking her and well, you're not that significant and blah, 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 blah. And I, I probably turned around and said, well, whatever the, you know, fuck I wanted to, you know, <laughs> and so anyway, she was in Miami. And I walked up to her and I said, uh, Laney, it was Laney Spicer. I said, Laney, I said, we had a rub uh, about a year ago. And I said, I am so sorry. And I apologize for if it caused a problem or if you were mad or upset, I really feel bad. And I just want to say, I'm sorry. Can't remember what she said. Okay. Then we didn't have one. Okay. But, uh, hey. <laughs> that happens a lot. <laughs> we didn't have one. So anyway, we chit chat. She says, who was the guest? So I gave her the name. I can't remember it. Uh, anyway, it was a BBW girl. And because um, uh, she was kind of at the top of her BBW game. That was, she was a major up and comer in that rank. And, um, oh, she says, glad you didn't waste your time with her anyway. It's like, oh, okay. All right. So. Anyway, Sean Elliott's with us. Sean, did you meet Dick Dangle at uh, in Chicago? What? Did you meet um, Dick in uh, Chicago this past year? Who? You. Me what? Did you meet Dick Dangle in Chicago this last year? Oh, 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 hi. It's Sean Elliott here. How are you? I'm doing what well. What you got on today, Patrick? Uh, Dick Dangle. Sometimes. <laughs> and that's why you don't get me as an interview, because this right. is the answer. <laughs> Hi, Dick. How are you, buddy? I am doing well. Yeah, I've met Sean <laughs> a number of times. We, uh, yeah. uh, I want to say it was either New Jersey or D.C. a couple years back. We were hanging out at an after party, just having a good time. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it was... Uh, it was probably both. I think it might have been Jersey. It might have been even with uh, Lorenzo. I think we were at a little party or something, and it might have been at the holiday. But yeah, we we hung out. He's always, you know, there's a vibe that when you see somebody and they don't veer away or get scared or, or by, and we just, you know, hey, how you doing? Hug. What's up? Two minutes of talk. Leave. Come back. Talk later. I mean, I like. You, you're a good guy, and I, I appreciate that you talked to me. Yeah. Um, I'll just touch upon, uh, well, you know I like you because I haven't been on this show in about a month. 
and I knew you were on it. And I did that out of respect. Oh, thank you, sir. So well, you're welcome. You owe me now. I got to get interviews. <laughs> All right. I, I'll, I'm going to pencil you in right now. <laughs> thank you. You better do it quick because I'm kind of old, as you know. <laughs> um, it helps it. But, you know, I'm thinking of like Johnny Carson, Letterman, guys, you know, 30 years. Four days a week, five days a week, till John, you know, towards the end, three days a week. But it, 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 I guess it helps. I'm not telling you to do your job, but it, it's a responsibility for the talent or the people that are being interviewed. It's a responsibility for the interviewer. Do a little research. Oh. You're not going to ask somebody like me, I wouldn't think. I'd get tired of it. Somebody's going, well, who are you eating out today and doing this? I would want to hear something because I'll talk, maybe something a little lighter fill me in, maybe ask about the industry when I was really doing it for a living and, and how that was and bring it up. So it's know your talk, know your your guest. And and I, I probably would ask you, uh, Dick, and you too, Patrick, what, when you go for the meat, so to speak, and because they're not giving you any feedback like my early presentation, I would think that they're generally younger, newer, and you they're a vacuous hole, literally and maybe figuratively. You can only ask them that you're trying to get something out. You don't know where to go. As much research as you did because they're a bump on a log. I have a responsibility to any of your viewers to at least give them two minutes where they go, hey, he wasn't so bad, and it helps make your show better. You have the obligation to be to, to uh, keep it professional, and you'll read my vibe. If I don't like where this is going, um, you should pick up on it. That's the only. I don't think it's really difficult. Drama queens and kings. I, I'm sick of them too. Yeah. And I got to tell you something. I never saw it like this. I'm, I'm going to take us down memory lane, but I never saw it like this in the '80s. There's a lot of reasons for it. Yeah. But I mean, a person that was a star acted like a star. You were on, then you were off. You were real. People now they're coming off the street. They do two things. They get a big star. Oh, you can't talk to me. It's an agent. By the way, that agent, I'll tell you what happens. That person's paying that person 700000 a month, probably not getting much work. So they come in behind with the attitude from the one up in front. If you're picking up what I'm putting down and they're going, I told them to, I, I said that to Patrick, give me 700 fucking dollars. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, but, but I know I'm all over the map. I'll get off on this. But I, I just think it's uh, much tougher for you guys than an interview that I would have had in 1984. Somebody's going to go on, and Sean Elliott is here with Don Jeremy, and over here is Veronica Hart, and we're talking. That's it. There's the show. It's a cable show late at night in New York. Now you're on with everybody, their mother, their sister, their brother, and you got to find out what they do, where their content shot. It's difficult. It's got to be difficult. So I commend you. I didn't know you had this podcast for this long, five years. Uh, I did not know that. I did just find out you were from Pittsburgh. So you and Howie will have a good time. Howie's from Pittsburgh. Uh, he's not on tonight. But uh, it's good to see you, Dick. I will. Are you going to be in New Jersey? Yes, sir. All right, buddy. Then we'll have a couple of drinks together and shoot the shit. That sounds like a plan, my friend. All yeah. right, man. Good to see you. Good to see you. Yeah, I agree with all of that. It's I've had people that were so raw to being interviewed that they've nodded at the microphone where I ask them a question. They're like, yeah, that doesn't help me at all. Cause people can't see you nod. <laughs> so <It's> radio, <laughs> right. <laughs> <You> gotta... <laughs> Sorry. 
But it, I think if much like Johnny Carson, if you're able to kind of find a little bit of nuance in what they're saying and being able to pull a little bit of something from that, it does make them more comfortable. I almost feel like there needs to be uh, almost like a, a course, like a six week course for people who are getting into the industry. Here are the pitfalls that you need to look for. Here are the things you need to work on, especially interviewing. You know, something like that. I don't think that would be a horrible idea. Yeah. Anybody- to your point, I think that's to somebody who's really doing it, not a half-ass coming in, cohabbing in and out of the business, but somebody who really wants to make it, Victoria comes to mind, somebody who's really trying all the time, that's a fantastic idea. They do it with for football players. They do it with talent. But get them in. This is the type of stuff that's going to happen. Get them used to the camera. Get them used to it. Because basically, you're on camera. A podcast is a television show. Yep. So uh, that's a fantastic idea. Somebody ought to start teaching that. Yeah. It's, but, it's, yeah. So we, we've put it out into the universe. I'm, I'm sure. It, some- it's out there. Yep. And, and nowadays, you know, anybody with a cell phone is a news reporter. Yes. Uh, I heard that. At a and con- a porn star. Yeah, <laughs> not wrong. And and people can kind of just come out of the bushes with a recorder and say, oh, I saw you didn't return your card at Walmart or ask a, a dumbass gotcha question. Those questions, those gotcha questions, I hate those. And yeah. when, I, when I put the, when I submit a, a proposal to somebody to be on our show, I say there's going to be no religion talk, there's going to be no political talk, and there's going to be no gotcha questions. This isn't 60 fucking minutes. Right. Um, the nice thing about it here is, that I can bank on Sean asking an intelligent question. I can bank on Richard Pacheco uh, even going off on a life lesson, and that's not a bad thing. And uh, James Sharp, our next person here, James um, has had a lot of experience in the business as a writer himself, and so I, I bank on those, plus everybody else who shows up, to ask a unique question without how many dicks have you had, you know, that type of thing. You banned people before, Patrick. I don't know if Dick knows that. You banned yeah. people off the site that has done that, and that or heard a guest or even remotely done that. Patrick has thrown them off. Have you ever had that, an issue like that, Dick, yourself, where you had to say, "Hey, no, no good," or you didn't get into that? It's I've addressed a few people. Of course, it's in private, and it's more of a listen. You don't have to be that way. Like, it's almost like a, you're going to get more flies with honey than vinegar. You know, it's just, just be yourself. Don't be what you think the industry wants you to be as a fan. Don't be the stereotypical fan. Just be you. They'll enjoy you for you. Back off, calm down. Like, but I call my audience the pervert nation. And there was a comedian, there's a comedian, uh, Jim Norton, and he says, there's a difference between a pervert and a predator. And that is a very fine line. (laughs) And when you have people that when you hear them talk or you see their mannerisms and you go, and that's coming off kind of creepy, if you like them or if you feel like you want to get to know them, say, hey, listen, I be who you want to be, but I just want you to know how people are viewing you and 99 out of a hundred will go, Oh, wow. Okay. Thank you for saying that. And then it changes and that changes the community and that makes things better in the long run. Yeah. I had a little talk with uh, somebody that 
everybody in this room knows that uh, was at the Florida convention about that. And uh, after I got done, he was, he was misty about it. He was in tears about it because he didn't realize how he came off and you, you can't do that. It, 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 well, he can, you're just not gonna have anybody return your phone call or acknowledge you or yeah. ignore you, ignore you completely and blow you off. So yeah, you can do it all you want. You're not gonna have any friends in the business. Yeah, exactly. I actually, I was approached, I'm, I'm not going to say their name. I was approached by a newer podcast ah, earlier, we'll say in the spring of this year. And they said, listen to the show. You have an established show. Let me know what you think of the product we're putting out. And I said, okay. So I listened to a couple episodes and I got back to them. And they said, what did you think? And I said, you're better than the product you're putting out to your public. And they were like, uh, and I said, you want me to be honest, this is what's going to move you forward within the industry, with it comes to your reputation and getting you advertisers and things like that. And it's going to gain followers. You're going to gain a better audience by just making a couple subtle tweaks. It's nothing big, but once again, you're playing to that, like that eighties creeper in a movie vibe. You know, and it's says, you don't have to be that. Anyway, James, go ahead. We, we I introduced you two minutes ago, and then I forgot to promote. Speaking of advertisement, have you gotten your Jizz Talking Tumblr yet? They are only $20 from uh, uh, Pat Palmer here at uh, Jizz Talking. Hey, we're Jizz Talking. <laughs> You're better than that, Patrick. <laughs> you are better than that, Patrick. <laughs> no, I'm not, damn it. <laughs> Dick, I want to say it's wonderful to meet you. Um, I'm sorry I missed you at the Chicago show. Um, Patrick asked me last week if I if I saw you, and I have to regret to say I, do, I I wasn't able to meet you then because I guess I was just too busy. I don't know. Oh, but yeah. uh, but that was a insane show anyway. But yeah, it was just too many people there anyway. Um, I I have to, I have to elaborate on what. Uh, the conversation was here. Um, as a writer, I, I wrote, uh, I used to do reviews for X Critic, and they used to ask me to do interviews as well. And I, I'm, I'm someone who cannot do that because they said, well, all you have to do is just come up with a list of questions. I can't do that. I'm not an interviewer. I'm a, I'm a conversationalist. I can speak. I can talk and carry on a conversation with anyone here. Um, and which is the reason why I love this show, because because that's what we are. We are just talking, you know. And um, so that I just I just want to put that out. That's the reason, you know, because I, I could never do it. Mm. You know, I don't know. I, I think you in your manner can definitely do it, because if it is more conversational, even if you do a modicum of research even if you're doing the base minimum of research on that person you still have enough of an arsenal that when you start what is going to sound like a general conversation you could turn it into what is an interview because truly unless it is question answer question answer it is a conversation so i i don't think you're giving yourself enough credit with that well the only difference was that as opposed to this we you know people can actually hear us uh, for I was writing. I mean, this was uh, supposed to be on a uh, for a website. So, okay. you know, th there's a there's a difference because they, you know, and I I like I said I 
I, I prefer talking better than just sitting here and just asking the same questions that I know, like you said, you know, how many dicks have you had and all of that. So I just, I just couldn't do it. Yeah. I, I've seen a couple of uh, people do written interviews on a fairly consistent basis for different websites over the years. And you can tell that they are asking questions in a way where it's going to lead to other questions, but sometimes it's really creepy just the way it comes out. And you just kind of go, Oh, exactly. that, that missed the mark. <laughs> exactly. Well, I guess, I don't know if that's the type of audience that they're trying to get Could be, or, you know, it's, or that's just how the, the persona that they're trying to put across. Yeah. 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 Which to me is a turnoff because I, I prefer this instead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, let me, let me ask you before I go, um, who is your dream interview that you haven't done yet? Uh, I mean, there are so many big names that I haven't had a chance to interview. Um, I mean, of course, you're talking, you know, Angela White. Um, as I asked Angela if she'd like to be on this show, and mm. it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. <laughs> you said uh, who? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I, I'm afraid to do that with my show. Um, for how many people just in general pronounce or get my name wrong, you know, cause everyone's like, well, it sounds like Dirk Diggler. And, you know, they come up with oh, so Dick dangles, Dirk, whatever. It, it's, it's crazy how many people get my name wrong. But anyway, um, for as long as I have known her, um, I've never interviewed Adriana Chechik. Oh. I would love to interview her because yes. I love, as much as I loved her as a performer, I love her as the person she uh, presents herself as, just this very genuine person. And I love what she has done with her brand. She, you know, she's a gamer. She's not afraid to go on mainstream podcasts and things like that and really branch out. And I, that's what I love. That's where I find a lot of meat on the bone when it comes to asking questions. But there are so many older performers, like from my my generation when I first got into uh, watching uh, adult content that, you know, I'd, I'd love to ask. And it wouldn't be as much about the scenes that they have done. Maybe some of them, if they're, you know, like really groundbreaking or interesting, but more of just if, if they're still involved in the adult community, how it's evolved and what they've seen and the changes that they have made as a person working through these decades of being in the industry. Mm -hmm. So I need to ask you a question. I see uh, some vinyl over your shoulder there. Yes, there friend. Uh, so uh, I'm a collector. Yes. Oh, uh, so how, what do you have roughly? Record? Mostly. Well, I'm a, I'm a huge Frank Zappa collector. That's my main, that's the, my, that's my main artist okay. that I collect the most of, but uh, classic rock blues, um, uh, just, uh, progressive rock any kind of you know just mainly that type of stuff just recently i've been getting into collecting 78s i've been collecting oh. most, yeah uh i just that picked up uh uh some hank ballard uh lorenzo could attest to this because I, I showed it to him um i just picked up a 78 the original 78 copy of sexy ways by hank ballard and the midnighters oh my god i searched <laughs> for that for years yeah and oh. um yeah that's that's i have about maybe two thousand. In my oh, collection. Very nice. Oh, we, we got uh oh we got a stack of vinyl there. Ooh, very nice. I'm in your club. I'm in your club. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I actually had to lighten my yeah, load. The, that right there is the latest Frank Zappa vinyl that has just been released. That is Funky uh, funky, uh, funky Nothingness is the name of it. Mm. And it's uh, it was supposed to be the sequel to Hot Rats. Oh, okay. Uh, but it's just it was just recently released. Frank's kind of kind of I don't want to just kind of say that's what Frank did. He had a million different projects going on at once. And so yeah. just whatever he could release. And I've got my hot red shirt on. There James, I think your bucket list is to interview Susie Cream Cheese. Susie Cream Cheese? Yeah. Yeah. He's looking for it. What's baby. got into you? What's got into you, baby? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry about that. I knew I knew a girl I knew a girl who uh, who uh, her that was her nickname, Miss Susie Cream Cheese. Yeah, really? I still know her. Yeah, she's still a good friend of mine. What got into her, Pat? James? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could tell you, but well, which I transitions was... well, James, because we got 40, 50 minutes in there, Patrick, and he's waiting for something. So here it is. Dick cunt, fuck, man, it was good. That pussy was tight. It was good. We opened her up. Cut. There's cutscene. We're done. Thank you. <laughs> I'll, have contact, I'll have to contact Angela White because I know she'll want one of our exclusive Jizz Talking hats. There you go. Normally for sale for $25, but for you, Angela, it'll be on the house. That's well, a bargain at twice the she's price. Going to be, she's going to be in New Jersey. So, well, you know, and, uh, I, and I told her how disappointed I was in that because I, I was really hoping to see her in Chicago. Yeah. But, Oh yeah, this didn't happen. I, I think I met her once. She was at AVN. That's really kind of before she struck gold, and and she was in a, um, an area where it was like a schoolhouse, and it's like, uh, do you want a picture with me? It's like, oh yeah, sure, I guess. Um, oh, let's see if I can find it real quick. Oh wow. Yeah, signed I, and everything. Yeah. And uh, awesome. Maybe I love Angela. Angela's just one of my favorite people. She's yeah. um. Whenever I first started, when I first started writing, she was uh, she was one of the first people that I reviewed. Oh no, and, I'm sorry, uh, wrong and, girl. Oh gosh, and I mean, she just ever since then. I mean, we've been, you know, we've been trained. Um, I guess pretty close on Twitter. I guess you know, just exchanging things back and forth. But false alarm. It was it was Ava Adams I met. So never mind. Oh, Ava. Hey, uh, Charles. Charles, how are we doing today? We are doing well. We're waiting for the 49ers to beat up on Dallas. So I'm psyched for that. <laughs> Let's hope. Another week I don't so, have to hear them boys. <laughs> yeah. So I wanted to ask Dick, so for all the interviews, and I picked up that you are kind of an autograph collector as well, which is sort of our group. And has there been anyone that you've interviewed who didn't want to sign an autograph for you? Uh, honestly, no. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't think so, but I thought it would be an interesting question anyway. Yeah, it is, because I have seen that happen, uh, where either the person ahead of me is putting off just a just a bad vibe, you know, or they're they're being aggressive or something like that, where the person just says, you know what, I think we better end this conversation right now. Uh, but there have been times where I've gone up to people that I haven't known, and I got my microphones, and like, hey, are you willing to do a short interview? And it kind of puts them on the spot, especially if I don't know them. And they kind of, um, but the times that that has happened next to them is somebody that I do know. And they right. listen, Dick Dangle, he's great. You're going to have a blast. And they're like, all right, let's do it. And they've been cool about it. 
Yeah, for sure. Okay, I was just kind of curious if there's been anyone who's like, you know, no, I don't want to sign autographs or, you know, because there are people like that in the industry and there are people like that in sports and, you know, I collect, you know, sports autographs as well and, you know. Yeah, I was a very big, um, mainly hockey uh, autograph collector for a while and it got, it. I had too much. It, it was just absolutely crazy. And because I was also collecting uh, music things and uh, starting to collect stuff in adult, I actually kind of let that go. Um, but uh, yeah, actually, I have a, I have a bordering on getting bigger collection of autographed baseball signed by adult stars, including like inscriptions of when they got into the AVN Hall of Fame or the XRCO Hall of Fame. Or so, oh, I, like yeah. I kind of had fun with that, and they're like. You know, sometimes we'll get people who are like, well, I never played baseball. And I was like, I know, but it's, you know. And who was it? Patrick had somebody who she wouldn't sign the baseball, which oh. I thought was weird. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was just wild. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, uh, we, we were talking a little bit before we started recording. Uh, back when I was really <laughs> dumb, um, I would actually take uh, hockey pucks for adult performers to sign. And I don't think that's so dumb. Oh, they're so heavy. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Going, okay. Yeah, when you're no, going not from, a hockey fan, I'm not familiar with that. Yeah. Like, I mean, a hockey puck is only like four ounces, but when you have 16 of them. A dozen of them in a bag or something, right. Yeah, and you're taking them from Pittsburgh to Las Vegas, and you're carrying these things around all day, plus magazines and pictures. It really adds up. But I ended up having, I want to say it's around 67 uh, autographed pucks uh, by performers. If you guys don't mind, I'm going to turn my camera around in my studio. Please be kind. I'm doing some home renovation, so this room is really messy. But uh, get ready to vomit. This is going to be gross. So you can see in the closet, you can see two shadow boxes uh, with hockey pucks in it by the bookshelf. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. comes, those are all signed drum heads by different bands. So you oh, have that's cool. Yeah, you have Lamb of God, uh, in this moment, Static X, and uh, just uh, Hell Yeah, which has um, Vinnie Paul, the late drummer from Pantera. Uh, he has that. His autograph is on that. But that's that's what I like to collect beyond the adult. Okay. Right. Thanks a lot, Charles. You bet. Uh, one, thanks, thing thanks. That, one thing that Charles inspired me to do is since he would send me a lot of baseballs. My biggest fear is to have one of the gals side panel a ball. Right. So, oh, that's not why I wanted it. So anyway, <laughs> I made up a um, a little gizmo, a little, um, see where I'm at here, a little thing that would help. And then I can write on the side of it, on each side or the top, what he wants to have signed. And so I just made this up and I include that with the ball. Okay. And so... Um, it, I know here to sign here, and then I'll write if he wants something up here, if he wants something over here, wants something over here, then I can write that in on another on, on a piece of paper, and then and then also I make sure that there's a part, and I draw a little box that says scribble pad, scribble the pen before you sign, yeah, because otherwise you end up with a dry you know dry stuff. Hey yeah. Morty's with us. Let's head over to Morty, find out what's going on there. I think I woke him up. <laughs> How you doing? What's up, Morty? All right, how you doing there, Dick? Um, good. Hey, um, I I really don't have a question. I really can't think of a question other than uh, what's the biggest 
the biggest changes you've seen since being in the industry? The, I mean, the simple answer is just the population of people, you know, when it comes right. to camming and being a content creator, right. it is such a saturated market. I won't say it's oversaturated because oh, really? there is an audience for everybody. Everyone. Yeah. Right. right. Um, and we'll get into that a uh, little bit in a minute, but uh, just, yeah, the amount of people, it was weird. Like back when I started going to conventions in 2008, everything was free. And then by the time you get into the early teens, nothing was free. And now hmm. it's probably 70, 30 where people will, you know, if they're in a booth, they'll sign for that booth. So the picture might be free, but a picture with them cost you something. Um, but it's interesting to kind of watch that ebb and flow of money when it right. comes to convention right. and money in the industry. Uh, but truly the biggest, it is the idea of how inclusive the industry is not only for performers, but for fans. If you go back to 2008 when I was in there or even earlier, and Sean can definitely attest to this, it was a lane. There was a certain look that everybody had. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You didn't have tattoos, or if you did, it was right. small, and it was kind right. of. Right. But now it's BBWs, and it's MILFs, and it's tattoos, and it's everything. And right. it, when you see that as a fan, you go, now the fantasy becomes a little bit more real because now I can picture myself in that scene. I can picture myself right. with that person and nothing but positivity spreads from that. Right. 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 Bad making a career out of it. But yeah, absolutely. And yeah. The, the common yeah. man, the common person and, mm -hmm. and, and, and everything else that you said, maybe that, and, and that is only a positive thing. You don't have to be a star or, or to, to do that. And, uh, and I think that's a real good thing, uh, Marty, by the way. It allows everything. Yeah. Everybody's allowed. But with that, as we all know, there are challenges uh, yeah, because right. that is more dangerous. It's, it's issued. I see things, I'm sure you see it too. They're tightening things up with the cheap talent testing on our end. They're, they're doing things, but it's... Um, the more people, are, the more fish in the sea, the more after issues, but it's, it's, it's getting better. I yeah. really like seeing that everybody's involved. So I appreciate you saying that. Dick. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, for those who, who do not know if they're new to who I am, um, not to brag, uh, I shot a, a scene, believe it or not, uh, with, uh, the performer Ruby Lynn in Vegas in January. And I actually have a couple more coming up for the conventions before the end of the year and i'm looking to kind of maybe do something with that because there is a definite demographic for older regular guys because when you have a population of viewers that grew up watching vhs when you see these guys that are six two and they have dicks like pringles cans and they have zero body fat you lose the fantasy because you're like i can't how can i fantasize i can't compare to that and now you're seeing this population of regular guys and they're like all right 
Now I can connect with that. And uh, I'm, I just turned 50 this year, which means my window is getting a little bit shorter every right. year. So if yeah, I'm going to do it, I got to do it now. Excellent. All right. And well, thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Morty. Thank you, Morty. And yeah, that's uh, <clears throat> back in the day, boy, you didn't have a tattoo anywhere. That was not going to be appropriate. And uh, you were you were almost ostracized or had to cover it up with some clothing or, you know, whatever. Um, it took so much effort. I, I mean, think about how groundbreaking it was when Bonnie Rotten won Performer of the Year. Mm-hmm. And I think that was 2014. Yeah. And like, who saw that coming? And it had nothing to do with her abilities or her talent. It was her appearance. It, it was just that she was so heavily tattooed. And she opened that market very quickly. And don't get me wrong. You had people like Joanna Angel that had been doing it for a long time and doing it very successfully. But when you had her win that award, it, it did open doors. Yeah. And, and I think that the, the, the business model right now that's tapping into that a lot are the uh, folks over at Tadpole. Yes. Uh, oh, 100%. I, I saw a line uh, of guys, you know, six or eight deep. Hell, I thought it was a chicken wing eating contest. Hell, I was going to get in line. Uh, <laughs> and, and then uh, Rebel, you know, with her 100-man gangbang, yep. those are regular schmoes. Those aren't the guys with the Pringles cans, you know, maybe a handful, but not, they're not there to uh, do, that's not their focus. Their focus is the regular Joe Schmo. And yep. it's great. I love it. I And they've got some stars in that little posse that I think, uh, of course, Rebel is just going up. And yeah. Rebel, I think, is good enough and, and smart enough to know uh, she's going to look back and offer a hand when she makes it to the top. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think another one I really like is Wisconsin Tiff. Oh um, yeah, her I I just love her Twitter posts and you know just uh, it's just amazing. Yeah, I uh, feel the same way about Madison Wild. Mm-hmm. When I I met her in Chicago and I went, I want to get your autograph now before I can't get in line. Right. Yeah. yeah and if you're gonna have that problem in New Jersey with the Brazzers bunch, um, especially uh, Abella Danger because she's only there on Saturday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there are going to be people that are just going to be in her line all day. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Alex is with us. Alex, uh, question for, I, I missed you yesterday, buddy. I was with the Million Dollar Man. Everybody's got a price. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, unfortunately, I was working and all that fun stuff. Um, <clears throat> so my question is, uh, when it comes to your podcasting, I was wondering if you had any like funny behind-the-scenes stories. Oh. Uh, you know what? Typically, the conversations that happen behind the scenes are a little bit more uh, truly behind the scenes where it's like, yeah, I had this moment. I really can't talk about it, but I'm going to share this with you because I trust you. And and this is, you know, it's it's a funny story. What usually ends up happening is if I go to a club and I do an interview there, that's where the wild stuff happens. Because either the person that I've interviewed has gotten to know me and they trust me and there may be a funny interaction on stage or something happens within the club that night that is just so bizarre. I actually brought up this story uh, at the club uh, last night. A number of years ago, I had a featured dancer who shall remain nameless uh, squirt me from the stage with breast milk. 
And it was, uh, I'm centered. I have a friend to my right. And there is a couple man and woman to my left. The man to my left goes, Oh hell no. And gets up and leaves. My friend goes, is that what I thought it was? I'm like, yeah, that was totally what you thought it was. And afterwards, the person that did it was like, what'd you think? I'm like, it was delicious. And you know, it was just like, those <laughs> are the fun ones. I've actually seen uh, a feature. It was actually one of the people that uh, I didn't release the interview of. They were uh, a bit inebriated and they got on stage and they were just coherent enough to do the feature show. But because she was kind of loosey-goosey, as they say, um, she licked the stripper pole. And, and, yeah, thank you. And then proceeded to try and climb it after she licked it. But, of course, she can't. It's wet. So she did this weird, awkward slide back down to the stage. And a gentleman sitting to my side just kind of looked at me and went, aw. Like, oh, you gave it a shot. It was really <laughs> embarrassing to watch. <laughs> But it's things like that, you know, um, what a lot of people don't realize, depending on the club, of course, women who are there to see dancers and features, I can get away with a little bit more than men sitting at the stage, you know, and I tend to be respectful. I just put my money out. If they want to mush their breasts on my face, that is fine. Uh, but women can maybe get away with a little bit more. And that's when you really see the money come out onto the stage because the guys are really enjoying the show that's those are the sweet spots if you are a fan of the adult industry and you have a club that brings features into town go because you're going to have over the span of say six to eight features you're going to have stories you tell for the rest of your life because it's that entertaining awesome thank you yeah absolutely i actually i watched a featured answer once again who shall remain nameless uh, put a beer bottle in her butt and do the entire feature show with it like that. <laughs> it was, and it was a skinny one. So you think it was just like boink and shoot out, but she had control. It was awesome. <laughs> we met, um, I, I, we, and we don't get a whole lot. Of, I've seen three feature dancers that came to Iowa, okay. uh, Bonnie Rotten, Mary Carey, and Sophie D. Well, about a week before Sophie D came to Iowa, I thought, you know, hey, what are the chances that she's going to respond to me on Twitter? Hey, Sophie, I'm going to be at your show in, uh, at the Lumberyard, and da-da-da-da-da, I'd like to meet you. I'd like to have you sign some autographs. There's money involved. We'll pay you a couple pictures, da-da-da. Of course. Where are you going to be sitting? I said, well, I didn't know the fucking layout of the place. So I saw you'll see me when you walk in. Uh, I said, my wife and I'll be there. Well, I probably have a couple of Mike's Hard Lemonades. If you want one, it's a BYOB thing. Uh, come on over and sit with us. You're more than welcome. I said, when I see you, I'll just wave and you'll know. And so anyway, she walks in, kind of looks around, and I wave, and she says, and she comes over and sits with us probably for 20 minutes. And then we, I said, I got some things to sign. I've got some money. Take a picture, topless or not. I said, uh, just leave your clothes on. It's fine. Um, and so um, she goes up to meet with the disc jockey, then comes back down and sits with us for another 25 minutes or so. And, and uh, I get up and go to the bathroom, and I got like 15 guys around me going, how do you know her? I said, oh, we've been friends forever. Yeah. <laughs> there is no better feeling than that. Yeah. Um, uh, to, to name drop her again, uh, Kenna James, we, uh, I, I pick her up at the hotel so we can come back to my studio, have an interview, get some dinner. And there's a, a local pizza joint by me that she really, really likes. So we, uh, 
we get in and I'm like, all right, I'll order the pizza. We'll pick it up and, and head to the studio. So we do that. And she walks in with me and uh, I could tell the one guy working there was just kind of like, is that Kenna James? No, that can't be Kenna James. So we leave and I go there, you know, a month later to get a pizza for myself. He's like, hey, is that? who i think it is and i said yeah he goes this piece is on the house i'm like i'll bring her back <laughs> and those are the moments that i live for just those little those little quick things where people think i'm more badass than i actually am <laughs> yeah, we, I, we took uh christy canyon to uh hooters in miami <laughs> and a couple people recognized her but they didn't say anything to her but i got a couple of pats on the back on the way out with her and and they yeah. knew and i knew but i didn't you know there's a fine line there and and this is uh, you've, I, I know you've, you've dealt with the same issues. This is a trust business. If you shit on one of the gals, don't think for a minute, they're not going to talk. Oh, and that, you're absolutely right. There's gals that probably can't stand each other, but if you shit on one, they'll tell that girl, you know, the enemy of your enemy is your friend and the, the reverse of that too. And if, if you shit on one person, my God, you, you can't come back from it. No. Yeah. It It's as as catty as it can be sometimes it's the most tight-knit catty group on the planet <laughs> i knew there were a couple of girls in our booth at chicago that didn't really see eye to eye and you'll have that yeah but when the one gal went up to go to the bathroom the other gal was watching her her stuff and uh someone came by and thought something was strange you put that down motherfucker uh that's not yours and i knew that Face-to-face, -face, they probably weren't going to even talk to each other. But they still were looking out for their shit because that's how they'd want to be treated if the reverses things were done different. So Yeah, absolutely. You can definitely have differences in business and opinion, stuff like that. But at the end of the day, you got to be tight with your community. You have to be. You have to look out for each other's best interests. All right. One more question from Sean, then I'll wrap it up and we'll we'll move along. Oh, this is okay. So it's, it's not just it's not a question, but I thought you might dig it because you were just talking about uh, featured dancers and clubs. So as, as people know that I kind of gotten back in, got my feet wet back in the industry in three years after a long layoff. But about seven or eight years ago, my civilian life here in Central Ohio, we have featured dancers that come to certain clubs. And I had seen or heard on the radio that Ron Jeremy was coming to town. Well, I knew Ron. I had worked with him a lot in of all my movies, it's like nine or ten. I worked with one like five of them. He'd be my dad, he'd be my deputy, I'd be his deputy, things like this. He was my father-in-law. I'm not going to name drop the movies. But anyway, he was coming to town. So I said to my wife, Kay, it's upstairs. I said, uh, she knew what I did for a living. And I said, would you like to see my, Ron Jeremy? I haven't seen him in 30 years. Yeah, all right, let's go. So we go to the club. And uh, I walk in and he saw me. He and, and gave me a hug. I can't believe it. You're here. We'll talk. We'll talk after the show. Then, he, but he looks at me and he says, "Will you be a judge? I have to do." He was there. He was really the feature. He was there with the harmonica doing his shtick, uh, jokes and everything. But he was there to judge a contest of best breasts. Oh. So he goes. So I look at my wife. I says, "I'm going to be a judge in this contest. You want to come? No, you go do your thing." I'm, she's a true civilian to Max, and God bless her. She lets me go to these things. So I go in the back, and all the girls are there. And the first thing I'm thinking, well, if you're going to be a best breast, I get, I find ice. I go to the bartender, give me some ice. And I'm cubing up their nipples. Ron's doing his stick. I'm ice and tits. It's like 
you ride a bike, guys. You go right back into it. In 30 years, I'm, putting, I'm in the pool business. I'm selling my contents. That's the first time back of cracking up thinking about it. Ron does his shtick. It was all fun. He, he does the thing. Later on at night, though, there was a young couple, and you probably see this in the clubs. He was real buffed. I'm going back 10 years ago. He's real buffed like Arnold buffed. And she's buffed too and gorgeous. They want to be in the business. And I'm talking about Ron. And I'm not going to, I'll name drop. Talk about Ron. So we know Ron, at least publicly, but I, he, he says, yeah, sure, he'll be in the business. And they have a hot tub. So now there's a party at their house. Ron's stooping the wife and everything. <laughs> so that's my story. But he did. He was signing all his merch that the features will do, put on a table and sign their shirts and stuff. So we, one of the movies we did was Debbie Does Dallas 2 together. And that night, and he turns around, and he goes uh, to Sean, uh, fellow ex-actor Ron Jeremy, which mm -hmm. I thought was pretty cool. Yeah. So you made me think of it, because I don't go to clubs. It's not better than it or worse, but I get jaded, you know, too. And, uh, but that story made me think of it. I think that people maybe would, you know, might be an interesting story to you guys and maybe anybody who's listening. So, and also, this is probably for sale for the right price. <laughs> <laughs> Bring it to New Jersey with you, my friend. <laughs> Possibly will. Yes. All right. Thank you. And uh, again, good to see you, Dick. Oh, a pleasure. I'll be in touch. All right. Uh, last, um, last question for you. Where are we going with this? A year, two years, three, five down the road. What's, what's the future of, of this or podcasting in general? Oh, goodness. For me... Uh, I hope to still be doing this, to be honest. I hope that I have the opportunity to build upon some of the projects that uh, I've been kind of mentally working on uh, for years. Uh, some of it is uh, safer work stuff. Some of it is PG-13 stuff and other stuff is, you know, adult material. Uh, but I am so open to just kind of whatever the universe kind of puts at me positively, you know, if it gives me the opportunity to uh, be a little bit of a performer and, uh, and enjoy that because at the very least, if I'm horrible at it, it's good pod. So maybe it's that, you know, maybe it's being a little bit more of a creative. I mean, it, all I really want from this entire journey is to be able at the end of the day to go, man, this was awesome. That's all I really want. I want to be able to build a great community of people around me and put forth as much, I've been saying it a lot, just put forth as much positivity and respect as I can to the community and to everybody. Realize that I'm a safe space for people to land if they need it. Um, and, and just be able to, at the end of the day, take a nice deep breath and go, this was pretty wild. Yeah. Yeah. I, I concur a hundred percent. And that's where I'm at too. And, and, uh, I, I keep, and, and like you, I'm sure you keep so many secrets. Oh my God. The amount of secrets we keep. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, ruin people on shit. Oh, it, it, it'd be incredible. What's actually fun though, is when you do get to know people, they say, Okay, here's my performer name, but here's my real name. Don't tell me your real name because I will screw that up in public at some point. 
So I'd rather just know you by your performer name. And it's not like it it ruins the the fantasy for me. It's almost a um it's it's almost like I don't, I don't even know how to put it into words. You know, it's just like let's let's kind of keep it right here. This this feels good to me to just kind of leave it right here. That was that was exactly something when we went to um at Exotica in Miami, like I said, we had a couple of, of road trips. One of the road trips, we took Christy Canyon to uh, um, Hooters, and then she says, I want to, and, and this was all prearranged with George, she she wanted a little tour of Miami, just kind of a loop. Anyway, we ended up at, at uh, George's house. He had let his dogs out, so which wasn't out of the way. Anyway, we went on a big loop, probably a two-and-a-half-hour trip, and we got everybody back in time. And so anyway, Christy's sitting in the front seat, and um, she's talking, and, and she's, if you don't know, she's got kind of a limp lately. Oh, okay. And um, um, she's got a pulled tendon from when she was a dancer. Oh. Uh, and she said, I fell off so many fucking stages, she said. Anyway, so she's got this little bit of a limp. She's got some therapy she's working on. It. Anyway, um, she says, and then the doctor says, my real name, it will go away if you do some work. And, and it's like. So I said afterwards to George and to Bob, uh, I said, you know, you caught that three different times when Christy said her real name. That means she trusts you. Yes. And and that is probably the biggest um it is biggest thing. And I don't want to have I don't I my brain's not big enough to keep track of two fucking names. Oh, 100%. Yeah. I, if I'm going to, I don't want to screw, screw this up by saying the wrong real name. <laughs> right. I was, I was at Christy's house one time and she had friends there and she says, and remember, it's not Christy. It's my real name. I said, I, I just called her. Hey, Hey. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. We uh, are out of time. And uh, but I want to invite everybody back next week to Lieutenant Bella Lexi, and she's going to be our uh, our interview again. Uh, Dick, if you want to join our Facebook group or if you want to just tune in anytime, you're welcome in every Sunday night or right here. And uh, it, it's so cool to have you here anytime you want to chime in. But uh, Bella Lexi will be our guest next week. Don't forget, we're at www.jizztalking.com and uh, the Twitter address is at jizztalking, Instagram at jizztalking. Hell, if you want to post a recipe, we're on Pinterest at jizztalking. And don't forget, we have our hats for sale for $25 shipped. Anyway, <laughs> that's our show for tonight. We appreciate everybody coming out, and especially Dick Dangle for making the time. Thank you so much.